Welcome to That's the Word, wholesome tales for the whole family. I'm Father James Yamauchi. Today's story, No Man Can Defeat Me. An eagle soared high overhead, just low enough that those on the ground could watch his movements. He must have been startled by something, for the large fish in his talons dropped into the fortress below. Everyone saw it fall, including Mirat, the commander of the fortress. Mirat hurried over to the fallen fish, picked it up, and turned to look over the fortress walls. Before him stretched the vast army of Charlemagne, king of the Franks. Mirat's Muslim fortress was under siege and had been for weeks. The fortress was impregnable. The only weapon that could possibly defeat it was starvation. Mirat stared out at the Frankish force defiantly holding the fish. He hurled the fish over the walls, shouting, I have 20,000 more like that in the castle cistern. After giving the enemy force a final glare, he turned back to his own men. They were gaunt and starved. Mirat's act of defiance was all bravado. There was no food left in the fortress. He knew they could not hold out for much longer. He might have surrendered already, if not for his oath. Earlier in the siege he had sworn, Neither king nor servant will ever receive the keys of my keep. He silently cursed himself for making such a vow, but he could not take back his words. He would never taint his honor. Outside the impenetrable fortress, the armies of Charlemagne saw the fish fall and heard Mirat's cry of defiance. The siege had dragged out for far too long. Perhaps they should just leave this fortress alone. One of those who saw the fish fall was a bishop who was visiting the camp. In his diocese was a famous shrine to Our Lady of Mont Anis. He knew that after so long, there was no way Mirat had any food left. He admired the quality of the men in that fortress, especially their leader, and he did not wish to see them all die needlessly. With Charlemagne's permission, he decided to attempt to convince Mirat to surrender. The bishop walked up to the fortress gates. Over the walls, Mirat and his men observed this man approaching them. The bishop cried out, Mirat, a powerful lady, 
who greatly cherishes you, solicits these keys which you will never give to the victor. She is the very sweet mother of Jesus, Our Lady of Mont Anis. She asks you to become her vassal and knight. Under his breath, Mirat muttered, Thank God. To the bishop he replied, I would never have surrendered to the numerous army that surrounds me. But since the great lady has sent you here, I want me and my descendants to hold the queen of Montanis in faith and homage. Thus it was that Mirat surrendered the impenetrable fortress not to Charlemagne, but to the representative of Our Lady. Mirat became a vassal of the diocese and was baptized. The fortress today bears Mirat's Christian name, and its coat of arms includes an eagle with a fish in its talons. Most have never heard of the famous shrine of Mary at Montanis, to whom Mirat surrendered. But millions have visited another Marian shrine, which rose over 1,000 years later in the shadow of Mirat's fortress. That shrine is built around a grotto where Mary appeared to a young peasant girl and a spring through which God has wrought many healings. A shrine beneath a fortress renamed after its defender, Mirat, who is baptized Loris. Chateau for de Lords. And for this week, that's the world. I am no man. So, if you know where this clip is from, mention us on social media, send us an email. We would love to hear the answer. I don't know what we can do when you have the answer other than to say you are a great fan of this particular work. You know, it's funny. I was with some friends the other night and they said, I told them when I normally record the podcast is on Sunday evening. And they said, yeah, we can tell sometimes that your voice is a little tired <laughs> after a full day of masses. And here we are in the evening, but it's a joy to be able to, to come up here and record, especially when you have a story like this. This was a fantastic story. This story was suggested by Cindy. So thank you very much. And we never heard of the story before, which is funny given that we both have been to Lourdes and have both seen this. I didn't have a picture of the fortress in my memory, but we looked it up. And after seeing that, yeah, I totally remember that building. We had no idea what it was. It's right across the river from the shrine. It really is. And it was one of those things that I think I remember saying to myself, it'd be cool to go up and see that fortress just for the view of Lourdes, not anything from the fortress. And, but how incredible to know this history. In fact, 
it was one of those things that we did a lot of research before telling the story because it just seemed too good to be true. And it, and, and it is true. And it's an awesome story. Absolutely. It really is a funny thing because you totally forget about it just because it looks so weird. The town is rolling hills a bit throughout, but then there's just this big rock in the middle of town that has this fortress on top, and that's about it. Hmm. So what's the history behind this? When is this taking place? This story takes place in the 8th century. So before, you may be familiar that Spain and the Iberian Peninsula were overrun by the Moors from Morocco, the Muslims pushing up from there. And they weren't reconquered completely until the 1400s. What not as many people realize is that France also was invaded by the Moors at this time. And they captured a good chunk of southern France until they were stopped by Charles Martel, who was Charlemagne's grandfather. So Charles Martel, his son, and his grandson Charlemagne then worked to reconquer the Frankish lands that had been taken by the Muslims. Charlemagne finishing up the job. Lourdes is right on the border between France and Spain. And so it's one of the last territories that Charlemagne had to reconquer. If you're familiar with the medieval Song of Roland, which is about Roland, who was a companion of Charlemagne and died a hero in these wars, this is from that same period of time. And, you know, I was just thinking how fitting it is that you had the fish in the story, which is a great Christian symbol from the earliest part of Christianity. And because of the Greek letters would spell out Christ's name, Jesus Christ, Son of God. So I thought it was very fitting how you have the use of the fish as one of the images that allows the bishop to come up and basically bring salvation to this Muslim leader and also be able to spare the lives of those who were starving in the fortress. If you enjoy That's the Word, please share the word. You can see the story extras for this story, No Man Can Defeat Me, at thunderrock.org. Or we'll put some information about Chateau Fort de Lourdes so you can see where it is in relation to the shrine. And if you do get to go to Lourdes, you can also visit this fortress. Thunderrock.org is also where you can sign up for our weekly newsletter and where you can find our social links and our email if you have any feedback or story ideas like Cindy did. Thanks for listening and join us next Wednesday for another wholesome tale for the whole family.